Fan mail to the soul brother number one of a kind. What's up, Johnny? Quick question. What is white fragility? This is from a fan named Ali. White fragility is a state in which uh, the minimum amount of racial stress becomes intolerable, triggering a range of uh, defensive moves such as uh, anger, fear, guilt, behavior such as, uh, you know, outrageous argumentation, silence, and overall leaving a stress-inducing situation at hand. Um, white fragility has been um, well documented by a so, psychologist, social, sociologist, uh, Robin D'Angelo. As a matter of fact, Ali, what I can do for you is provide the link to that once I make the um, article form of this podcast on the onyxtruth.com. Another, another fan mail is um, from Aaron, Aaron from um, the Facebook area. It says, hey, Johnny, this is Aaron from and a, deb- a debate group without an interesting name. I saw your post on your wall, so here I am. To start off, let me put it as simply as possible. There are three main branches of my dad's side of the family. Mine is the white side. The other two are essentially all black. However, for a reason I won't go into, I was kept away from my bra- from black branches of my family until I was around 13 or 14. So I grew up white. Most of my early opinions and assumptions were based on growing up white. Obviously, upon discovering the lost, branches of my family, my opinions began to slowly change. I hate to say it, but it took Zimmerman killing Martin in Florida for the veil of some semblance of racial harmony in this country to be lifted from my eyes. And for me to see how blacks were really treated by police and government in general. It sickened me, saddened me, and made me rage all at the same time. It's like the country I thought I knew never existed. I felt lied to and, and led, led on like a brainless sheep. And when I saw the documentary from both sides of the Zimmerman case, and Tamir Rice and Eric Garner not long after, I felt disparaged. How could people be so callous saying that those people deserve death for what amounts to, at best, victimless crimes? How could someone look at the actions of the police and wish death upon all of them? How could we not just realize that that realize as Americans that that there was fundamental there was a fundamental problem here that we need to fix for everyone's sake, not just non-whites? You asked me to voice my concerns. Well, here are my concerns in a nutshell. I am very worried that the social fabric of the United States has frayed to the point we may be going to a very dark, dangerous place. I want cops to stop killing hundreds of people every year. I want people to stop wishing death on, recently in a few instances, actively meting out death to cops. I want us to live in some form of harmony. I realize that it won't be, won't ever be perfect, but I want everyone to try to live together as much as possible. My fear is that they may be not, they may not be possible anymore. For us to stop hating and start, you know, start coming together. Sign, Aaron W. Jordan. I understand your concerns, Aaron. Absolutely. And out of Seattle, Washington, we have hashtag floating hostility, respect. Absolutely, man. I'm glad you like that podcast. But here we go into the greater portion of our podcast.
Welcome to the Soul Brother Number One of a Kind podcast, starring that candy M. Eaton, big and small booty technique, well dressed, immaculate, social political activist, that vicious abolitionist, Johnny Silvercloud. Today I have um, today um, Rachel, um, the uh, cinnamon sophisticate. She will not be here. She is enjoying time with her family. So, you know, God bless on that. But we do have today um, a special guest, uh, Malcolm Bevel, treasured guest, um, reoccurring guest, Malcolm Bevel in the house. What's up, what's up, what's up? And today we're going to talk about R. Kelly. For those who have not um, been keeping up with uh, recent, you know, modern times, R. Kelly has uh, popped up on the radar again, not because of a new album, which I'm sure he does have a new album this 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 year, but more so because he's he, gonna come. He's elected he's gonna come more ways than one. Um oh, God. he has elected to uh marry this he's about to get married or he actually married this girl? The rumor is that he's engaged, they were looking at rings. Okay, he's about to marry this eight year old girl. Now, from a superficial basis, one might find this find no issue with this. The problem that we have here is that R. Kelly is, he has a very strong history of pedophilia to include pissing on women, but pissing on folks, but we'll leave that to uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, pedophilia and stuff, and um, you know, now he's coming back on the radar. He's 50 years old. He's half a century years old, and he's, he's marrying. He's about 50. Yeah, about 50. He's about to uh, marry this 18-year-old girl. Now, for those who don't understand how relationships work, especially in America, uh, chances are you're not going to marry someone off the jump. You know, it's not you didn't meet that person that one year and then marry him just like that. More than likely, he known this girl. He's been keeping um, correspondence with this girl when she was 16, 17, you know, 15, 14 years old, and then. Uh, he put that girl on layaway and waited his time and then, you know, while grooming her and stuff, and then, um, you know, sunk his teeth in once, once she got 18 years old, of like what we'll call of legal age, technically. Um, yeah, so we're gonna talk about this shit because uh, one element of this situation you have is R. Kelly and that girl. So you have the predator, you have the prey, who may unwittingly not even know that she is prey. Then you have um, the, the sociological response to R. Kelly doing such. This includes those who, uh, I guess, the censors of R. Kelly's uh, shenanigans and uh, those who support or um, unwittingly defend R. Kelly. So what's your what's your take on this, uh, Mal? Well, first and foremost, uh, like I say, blessings to all the viewers out there. Uh, I also want to uh, say that my prayers uh, are with the son of Corinne Gaines. Uh, if people haven't been keeping track of the news, Corinne Gaines was the, um, was killed by police. Uh, sorry about that, viewers. Uh, apparently, my phone wanted to have a funny moment with me and just be like, ha-ha, we're going to reboot you in the middle of the prayer that you wanted to send out for a child. No, um, on a random side note, Johnny, me and iPhone, me and Apple, we're going to have to have a conversation. 
Because <clears throat> I'm understanding how I can't download this new system program that they got coming out. And it's like, look, you're going to keep me making me patient for the iPhone 7. But then again, you're going to make me switch, which I don't know how I feel about droids, but it's going to make me feel like I need to switch. Anyway, how you doing, John? How you doing? Doing great. You know what? You know, you know, that remind me of because I hit you uh, when you're about to give prayer. Um, you know, there's a saying that, st that states that uh, the God, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Now, right. maybe perhaps uh, the devil works in tricky ways, man. In tricky ways, well, man. Get in the it, way it, it, of a prayer. Oh, the devil be like, no, you don't get to pray for this uh, little child. But that's the thing, though. And that, that's that's the thing about it. There was a child in the midst of this, and in terms of the case of, of Corinne Gaines, I am concerned just as much as with the skeptical circumstances around her death at the hands of cops, as I'm also concerned with the fact that this child was shot by police. They knew that there was a child in there, and arguably from what these new videos servicing from the child himself shot him intentionally so we're not gonna we're, we're gonna talk about r kelly today and his pedophilia and his grooming and everything but i did want to offer you know just my my sincere prayers and condolences to the son of uh, corinne Gaines, and i i can only hope and pray that justice be served on 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 all fronts uh because because baltimore's got a lot going on right now so i just wanted to say that before we started up on r kelly <clears throat> Yeah. R. Kelly. I, I mean, what, what can you say at this point in time about him? I mean, man's 49, he's almost 50. And he decides he wants to be engaged now to an 18-year-old young lady. Uh, her name leaves me right now, so my apologies. Now, there have been some proponents of this, not just supporters of R. Kelly that has troubled me, but the supporters of, you know, people being quote unquote legal in terms of a legal age limit. And we'll talk about the law a little bit later. However, if, if you really think that R. Kelly just met her when she turned 18 and was like, oh my God, this is the one, not to say that that doesn't happen, but we're talking about R. Kelly here. He's got a history of this, of, of pedophilia and preying on young girls. He's an older man, and every time that he's been an older man or as he's been aging, he preys on young girls. It's documented. It's there. He's got a video. But if you really believe that he just waited it out for this 18-year-old girl to turn 18 and then before he proposed and before he's decided to do anything with you, I got an ocean to sell you in Wyoming. Okay? <laughs> like, this, this is a known pedophile. Like... It's a, he's a known pedophile. There's nothing else that needs to be said with that. This There's no way you can't convince me or a large segment of society, American society, that he didn't groom this young lady from point A to now. Issue that has happened that we have to address for boys and girls alike. However, we're going to focus on the girls. I don't like this notion of defending him just because his quote-unquote past is his past. It's funny because today in church we were talking about forgiveness. Now, I can forgive somebody of their past, 
but it be but it's inherently different when it comes to R. Kelly because in my humble opinion, even though it hasn't been proven yet, you could argue that there's a chance he was still sinning by still fornicating with this young girl before she was of the legal age of 18. And according to what people were saying about her Instagram page and according to her Instagram page before she privatized it or and or uh, suspended it or shut it down, there were pictures a few years ago. And we're talking a few, we're talking at least two, three. So let's do math. 18 minus two or three. That's about 15 to 16. Hold up. So what you're saying is that she had photos of uh, of her with it was, R. Kelly it was no, three years back? Before she shut down her page, there were witnesses saying that they saw photos of R. Kelly. It wasn't just of this past year. And I don't know what the young lady's birthday is, but unless her birthday was January 1st of whatever year she was, what is that, 18 years ago? Unless it was January 1st, there were some months prior to this announcement that she was 17. So whatever state that they live in, if the legal age is 18 and he was already messing around her with those six months prior to or, or however many months, he was still, that that's still pedophilic behavior. It's still, it's, that's still pedophilia. That's still pedophilia. And I don't like, I don't care for this defense of not only superstars, like an R. Kelly, like the man off of a uh, seventh heaven, like the Duggars, you know, when they do these things and, and molestation occurs of children, like we really need to, we really need to talk about this in society. Why do we have this notion of age ain't nothing but a number? Age is, yes, is, is most certainly a number, but there does come some psychological aspects within quote unquote age that we need to address. At 17, I went off to college. Now, that might not be the average right now, and I'm sure that there were people older and younger going into college when I got there. But I didn't know everything. Hell, I didn't know half the things that I knew prior to leaving college when I entered. Oh, yeah. And notions of love and care, sexual encounters, all this other stuff that evolves over time based on one's experiences. And if you start earlier than some, cool. You start later than some, cool. The difference between having your own experiences, especially with people within your age group, man, who with a history of preying on young girls or younger girls, preying on you. And and we have this issue in our community. I mean, it's within every community. Let's let's get that out the way. This is not just a black issue or a white issue. It's in it's, it's everybody. Molestation is real for all kids of all races. However, we got to talk about what happens in our community and how when, you know, Uncle Ronnie, you know, is touching little girls and we're still letting him be the barbecue master at, at, at the cookout. Or, you know, an auntie, whoever, <laughs> is, you know, touching on the little boys or the little girls and then she's still, you know, able to make the mac and cheese. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for real. We, we, we need to, we talk about it. Okay. And I'm going to say this, and I know a, a good number of the viewers are probably going to side on me, but I need them to hear me out. We talk about accountability that we need with, with police right now due to brutality and stuff like that in this country right now. Right. I wholeheartedly agree with that. If you've heard me speak, if you've seen my posts, 
you've seen any of Johnny's posts, you know I am all about accountability and transparency when it comes to how police treat civilians of this country and particularly black and brown civilians or any other traditionally oppressed group in this country from an historical and from uh, arguably current standpoint. But we also have to have accountability in our own community, in our own families. Yeah. And if we can't, and if we don't have that, then you know we're destroying ourselves from the inside out while the system is trying to attack us from the outside in. We don't need to hurt ourselves by covering up the fact that uncle so-and-so or auntie so-and-so was touching on people when they were younger we have to be transparent about that we have to call that out and we have to rid our community of that and the fact that there are so many people early within our community that's problematic and possibly indicative of how many people have dealt with family members molesting them things of that name molesting them raping them and then you wonder why victims don't talk. People always want to blame victims and stuff like that. Or, well, why didn't you talk? Or why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? We have a man who makes music. And it's good. It was good music. It's good music. It, it, we'll talk about how the lyrics, if you now start looking at it from a different perspective, how it might actually be sickening. But yeah. the man just makes me. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, the man makes music. It's good music, but he's not a he's not a doctor. He's not a sir. Like if he's saving lives, I've been Carson. Some way, some, it, ugh, well, <laughs> well, then, I'm sorry. I'm that's so like the, well, that's like the argument. Like, do you want to be baked or broiled? It's like I'm still getting cooked. So what do you mean? No, like <laughs> Ben Carson. It's a whole different show. I should not have you done already, that. You already yeah. did a show about that. <laughs> yeah, did did. Negro peons. Anyway, um. <laughs> Like the man makes music. Why? Why? Why do we have this notion of supporting people and famous people just for their their fame? You, you know what? Um, or they're black. Or, or his. Thank black. you. Okay, yes, he's Ooh. black. Man. Like yes. Like okay. Yes, he's black. Okay, great. He's black. We know from a societal standpoint, he can be oppressed for the color of his skin, arguably. However, aside from the fact he's a cla- he's in a class ahead of many people in this uh, the vast in this country he may not be the one percent but he's up there yeah but just because he's black doesn't mean we have to support him and just because he's black doesn't mean that we have to do what arguably what people have said the counter argument well the duggar family you know they're still getting support they're still supporting their own uh you know they're still supporting the dude from seventh heaven he's still got his tv show blah blah I ain't worried about them. That, that's not that's not me. That's that's not my problem to worry about. Yeah, that should not just because they have a certain type of uh SOP, you know, standard operating procedure doesn't mean everyone else should adopt the same. You know, that, that's garbage. R. Kelly's done wrong. R. Kelly has done wrong. And he is still to this day has not been held accountable for it on a level that if this were a civilian, somebody like myself or or some other middle class or lower middle class person on the street if you if any of us were to molest a child we would be going to prison rightfully so right right yeah thank rightfully, you. rightfully so. so but r kelly he got caught on tape he's young on tape urinating on a child the thing that blows me though like uh like uh you you hit it you hit it on the hit oh you 
elbowed it like ah, you know, um, like a WWE move. Or yeah, just, like Muay Thai, like, ah, right in the nose. Muay Thai is um, a great kung fu. Okay, let's focus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> supporting folks just because they're black, you know, this is problematic, and here's why. They're like skin tone alone does not um, does not warrant. It does not make someone loyal to the like loyal to the, the group. You know, I I can imagine there's so many like undocumented tribes who had like different skin tones, different hair colors, different eye eye colors, whatever it may be. This tribal, whatever it may be. You have a traitor in the midst, you know, the, those who, who want to be a part of another tribe because they're more powerful and it's easier to do. You know, um, on my one, on my last uh, podcast, while on free floating hostility, where I got like throughout like maybe 87 or 37 fuck yous to random people, um, that will target, you know, coons and white supremacists and stuff. Um, it, I forgot what I was saying, but anyway, uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, the thing is, though, is that we can't. We have to be able to understand that we okay. Love black people. Love black people. Yes, like Ben Carson. Do I have love for Ben Carson? Yeah, kinda. You know, but at the same time, I hold him accountable for what the bullshit he be doing. You know, I'm not gonna sit there and just. It's not blind love. You know, it's not blind. Like a lot of these coons out here, have, like it's really hard for um, someone who chooses Kuda Mental while playing Tekken. It's really hard for me to really, really hate them, or, or really, really not have love for them. You know, David Clark. You know that the cop out in, in, um, in Middle United States and shit. He's pretty far up there on the um, on the uh, coon scale. You know, the, the coon Richter scale. Um, it's really hard to have love for him. But someone like say, like say for example, like Don Lemon, right? Or Raven Simone or like Whoopi Goldberg or like some of these, you know, you know, maybe you can help them or fix them. Like if you educate them, they will be better versus those who are, if you educate them, they'll just deny it and continue. You know, those who can be fixed and educated and stuff and you know you know detoxed those are gonna be detoxed you know i can agree with that and merit however and maybe this is a cynic in me you have to you you can only educate those and pray that you can educate those who are willing to listen that's also true that's the that's the issue with cognitive dissonance that's the issue with supremacists that's the issue with people self-hating black brown folks other people of color basically like it does go back to this notion of loving and, and wanting to love yourself, but you have to start loving yourself. And if you don't love yourself, then you hate yourself and potentially those that look like you. So then when you have these issues of police brutality and stuff like that, or, and you have the likes of Raven Simone saying the, cra- the, 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 the foolish things that she's been saying, when you have little Bow Wow, or excuse me, Bow Wow, whatever you want to call him, he's acting a fool. You know what? He's a very, uh, I can't uh, identify his name is very apt because you know because one of the names one of the things i call for those who uh you know that we call coons and stuff i I call them pets they're pets to white supremacy because um they'd rather be a pet than be cattle say that when i said bow (laughs) yeah because his name is i mean he's a very apt name you know i shit but yeah um 
holding each other accountable as black people is not self-hate so i think that some of these people they think it is not they think no. that like if you hold a black person accountable for their actions or their behavior that that's a form because you you are you know you are attacking uh, another black person but that's not the case that's you know it's almost like as a as a black abolitionist I, I, I will engage in c keeping other black abolitionists or near abolitionists or black empowerment types correct, you know, to include the black feminists and the black masculinists and all these other ones. I will like flat out call them out. And it's not that I, I hate the man or hate the black man or hate the black woman or whatever it may be like that. But it's like, I love you enough to um, wish that you were to operate in a correct sense. So blind blind support okay support does not equal um always allowing someone to just go by like have the have the free you know have freebies and shit that's not support that's it's almost like abuse you know that's um, enabling that's enabling it's enabling but it's almost like abuse because if you look at it um you look at a parent who lets a child always get their way what happens it's, it's a form of abuse because this child does not know they become support they become uh spoiled they don't want there are issues of knowing right from wrong and and, and less discipline yeah absolutely so we have to hold each other accountable just because i mean will white supremacy attempt to hold us accountable well absolutely they're going to like hammer hammer on us mad strict but just because we we have to we have to have standards. You have to have standards. Can't just engage, you know, be substandard because life is difficult under white supremacy. I mean, you just can't. Um, one other thing I want to hit up on is that when people, when black people, just blindingly support someone just because they're black, um, there are dire consequences. You know, uh, like say for example, OJ. OJ if uh you know like i was what in the, in the early 90s i was like a you know near teenager teenager and shit so i didn't really know oj simpson um you know his history and stuff but as an adult who've done his research um i know this now oj simpson was um you know the guy who chooses kunamitsu while playing tekken and it's in his time he was a guy who who um valued white comfort he loved white comfort he loved making white people comfortable over everything he was a coon so the moment that he he got saw the moment that oj simpson was seen that he was uh, a possible murder suspect or whatever then he wants to be all pro-black and all the other shit you know and, and bill cosby did the same thing you know to a lesser extent you know bill cosby i mean but still he did the same thing he's looking for black support when um when the law, like, you know, the eye of justice is, is bearing upon him. And we can't just sit there and just rally behind these people who are rightful, who are rightfully wrong just because they're black. Another example of this is like in reverse is uh, President Obama. Um, I, you know, do I like President, do I love, yeah, I love this motherfucker, I like this motherfucker, but you know, we should also hold him accountable. Um, I don't like him just because he's black, you know, or, or, or like all you have to do in the White House is be black and that's it. No, we want you to, to answer for stuff and, and solve problems and stuff like that. But he has not he has not been doing so. So I can't just sit there and and just he, he can't go without criticism.
So it's deeply problematic when, now, we, I, when we sit there and just like, all you have to do is be black and that's it. You know, from presidential office to a fucking knife murder. I mean, all you have to do is be black and we'll support you. R&B singer. Problem, problematic, by far. R&B singer, you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, so what's your take? What are you, what are you about to say? We've lost this notion in, what I was gonna say was, we've lost this notion in American society that people talk about don't judge and stuff like that. There's one thing that ju- you can't judge to condemn, whether you're a Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, or anything, atheist, anything in between. I'm of the belief you can't judge to condemn. You can't, only God has that power. You can, however, hold each other accountable yes. for your actions because if you're still currently sinning, then what if you truly learned? R. Kelly, we just know about the video of the 14 year old, was she 14 uh, back in the day when he urinated on her and had sex with the minor. And that was years ago. But he did that years ago. And you can argue that after the fact, and maybe even before the fact, he was doing the dirt. I mean, he he married Aaliyah. He married an underage Aaliyah, and they lied about her age. And after they got the uh, the divorce or whatever, there was no more support whatsoever from him. That should tell you something, that this is not a man to support. You support the lives of those who, uh, you know, like a Tamir Rice, or or uh, Eric Garner or Mike Brown, Darian Hunt, uh, all the Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland. You support those lives. Um, Corinne, Corinne Gaines. You support those lives because you can at least argue that the common factor within those is that they all could still be alive regardless if they committed a crime or not. Yeah. When we talk about accountability when we talk about you know actually needing to defend our people. Th- those are names you can. Ar- the likes of R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Chris Brown. You can argue Kobe Bryant. I could. I can keep naming names. Like, why? Why defend those who need to be held accountable for their actions? And if they have been held accountable for their actions, good. And if they've actually learned from the lesson, good. Arguably, it seems like Kobe did. You know, he did his dirt. He did wrong. It was terrible. It was gross. Chris Brown, we hope that he's still been rehabbing and things of that nature. But like, yeah. Mark Kelly still hasn't served a day in jail, and yet you still have some of the most hardcore supporters of him, but just because he made music. Now, if he's done other things with the community, whatever. I mean, to me, in my head, that just sounds like a cover-up if you really want to ask me. But it's like, you can't have blind support and then you can't use the notion, well, these white folks are doing it so we can too. No, they're still wrong too, but let them collect their own. I got ranked to collect my people because I'm supposed to, because if I was to do wrong or to support somebody, if I were to support a problematic individual, then I would want to be collected. I mean, it, it, that's the sense of community that I feel like we've lost in many facets of this, of, of, of this nation. And I want to go back to the love aspect that you had talked about earlier. Because you say when you love somebody, you know, you, you put them in check. And I talked about it the other day, and I, I think we, we there's a whole bunch of notions of love that we, we have got wrong. But there's one notion of love I want to talk about, like I said, in terms of accountability. When we hold problematic stars like an R. Kelly accountable, that's out of a 
tough love type of situation because yes. we want to see him do tough better. Love. When we hold cops accountable, when we hold cops accountable for the flaws that they've had in terms of the treatment of certain suspects, whether they be poor, whether they be black, whether they be woman, uh, disabled, things of that nature. When we hold cops accountable, that's because it's a deepened sense of love because we want you to do better. When we talk about America's problematic history, because people always want to say, you know, you're unpatriotic, you know, or, you know, go back to Africa or all this other stuff. But I do love this country. Bring it in. As much as I can't stand a Bring lot of the things in this country, I do love this country. But it's because of that love that gives me the right, aside from the fact the First Amendment, but that is because of that love that gives me the right and the drive to criticize America the way I do. Because I know that America Absolutely. is better. Bring it home. So the real question is, don't ask me if I love America. Are you sure you love the America that I see? Or do you love the America that you're comfortable with? Do you do you love the R. Kelly that could be potentially a better man, regardless if he needs psychological help or a jail cell? Or do you love the R. Kelly just because he's a singer? You know what I'm saying? People don't mm. ask those type of questions because we have this convoluted sense of love. <laughs> oh man, Malcolm, man, you're getting you're getting iller and iller, like as we say in the top side of the East Coast, you're getting iller and iller, man. That was that was fire. That was fire. That's just as fiery as that red beard you got, man. That was that was fire. I love my brown red beard. I like it. Anyway, it gets redder in the summer. No, but I mean, but that but that's the that's one issue within this country. Whether it doesn't matter what doctrine you practice, what race you have, what class you come from. Everybody has had this convoluted sense of love, which has distorted our ability to be able to criticize one another without, you know, without, you know, defensiveness. You know what? Um, if you're going to if you're going to criticize somebody, criticize it. Typically, when you criticize somebody, that means more than likely the criticism is legit. Yes, there are moments and times when the criticism is not legit. You know what? I do not deny that. But when it's legit, like when we talk about, you know, the American, when we talked about the American healthcare system, when we talked about the uh, school to prison pipeline system, when we talk about, you know, how prices are rising and inflation and, 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 and everything's going on and minimum wages, when we have all these flaws that we have within this country, and I criticize, I'm doing that out of love, I'm not doing that out of solely anger. And what's wrong with being angry? I'm human, I can be angry, but that's because that anger comes out of love. In, in my heart of hearts, that comes out of love. Oh yeah. So of course I'm gonna be pissed off because a young black boy or black girl has been gunned down when they were unarmed by cops because they were playing with a toy gun, or they were just living. Of course I'm gonna be angry about that. So then I express that anger out of a deeper sense of love because I want to see police as a whole do better. And I'm tired of the rhetoric of not all insert a, a privileged set yeah, of people. Yeah. I'm tired of that. Dude. Not all men, not I all black men, not shit. all white people, not all cops, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. Shit, like, I, got the, I got that memo like, I'm sorry, I got that memo like 20 years ago. You know, I was a kid, you know, I've been got that memo. Now everybody's bad. So you can stop saying that to me. It's not about, <laughs> we're talking conceptually. If you have a ton of, like, let's break it up in thirds. Let's just arguably just break it up in thirds. If you have good people, bad people, and silent people, that's not equal because the silent people, arguably, if they're not speaking out against it or if they're not voting, the if, and I'm saying if, if they're not voting those officials out, if they're not calling people out within their community, if they're not basically doing the right thing 
by helping out those who are good and doing what is supposed to be do- done in this country, those silent people are, are are consenting to any evil that the bad people do. They're enabling. They're, they, they, are, they enable exactly. the bad folks. So it's this whole notion of good allow and then bad and then it's not, it's they allow them to go unabated. Okay, look at it like this. Look at it as, like, say, her. Look at it like one element of her and Katrina levees, right? So you have, um, so you have a location that is actually below sea level. You have these level levees, which are these giant walls to keep ocean water out. Mm-hmm. So the good folks are the folks who are, who serve as levees to keep the ocean, the bad folks out. So the silent folks, what are they doing? They're practically like walls that are not built at the ocean side to block the ocean off. So why, like, if you cannot stop this ocean from flooding this city, why, like, why, why, why give you credit for, I mean, you can't be, you can't get credit for just simply not being that ocean. You can't, you can't be, you cannot get credit for simply not being that flood water. Why don't you be the levy you can't that get blocks credit, the, in my opinion, the blocks of flood water from hitting the city? You know what I mean? So there's a difference between credit for. I'm not going to give you credit for being neutral on a clear case of good versus evil. There it is. There it is. That's it. I'm not going to give you credit for that because in my head, I'm well. I'm just trying. Well, and it's one thing. Okay, it's one thing to want to see both sides and then make your objective call. It's another to just continue to remain neutral through the oppression of certain peoples. If you are neutral in terms of police brutality against black and brown folks in this country. And you've been neutral like that, guess what? You sided with the oppressor. Why? Because by default, your silence speaks volumes to how you truly feel about me or how you truly feel about these victims. Because police brutality doesn't just affect us. That's the beauty of it. We're calling it out for everybody, but the, also the disparity of those deaths. When we call out R. Kelly, it's not just because he's black, it's because he's a pedophile. And we call him out because it's necessary. So when you're silent to it and when you're supporting him, that means you support arguably the system of uh, of, of rape culture. Because if you were to call it out, if you were to just call out this one man, you were to continue to call out the problematic ways that he's had and stuff like that, then you know you obviously don't support it. But when you support him, you support not only him, but his habits. This is habit forming. This is his habit. So you need to call him out. No, not only that, but like at his fame level, um, his habits are um, precedent forming. Like, um, you know, more folks can uh, more so engage in such behaviors and stuff like that because this famous guy is doing it. Similar to Donald Trump and how he functions as a uh, punch clock racist. And there's been hate crimes, racial hate crimes on the rise in the United States since he began his uh, campaign. I would argue now that this is the only play, uh, the, only, the only area I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Okay, go ahead. Hate crime has been on the rise ever since President Obama got into office. Actually, since before, actually when he made his announcement he was running for president, that's when it was on the rise. That's also true, but you didn't see folks. Uh, I see what you're saying. Like, like rise, physically beating, it's, it's beating actually, folks yeah, up it's, and then saying that you know Trump allowed, like you know, pretty much like invoking Trump's. Trump makes people feel more comfortable in doing it. Yeah. But people been doing it. I'll say it like that. Yeah. Like, I won't say that it's been on the rise. I see what you're saying, and maybe I'm arguing semantics. My bad. Is yeah. it, it was on the rise when President Obama announced he was going to run for president. It's just been, it's made more people feel comfortable ever since uh, Trump got there. 
because of this whole notion of, you know, well, I'm not PC. I say what's on my mind. Okay, that's cool. And what's on your mind is you are a racist, sexist, no class having, no job plan having for this country. I can't budget my own doggone co- uh, <laughs> companies having. Ooh. The funny... I just heard a story that there's a there's a chance, and I, I don't know if it's true or not. I need to fact check it. I just heard a story that you know Dylan Roof got beat up in prison. I laughed oh, at it. Oh yes, I didn't care. Last day, I'm not going to pay for a supremacist. Not going to. So yeah, he was in prison. He got whooped. Oh well, if you weren't in, if you didn't kill all them folks and was a racist, you wouldn't be in prison. Wouldn't got your butt whooped there. Nah, so, you know what? You know this guy. Out the way. But here's the thing. To my point about Donald Trump, okay, yes, he speaks his mind. You like how he speaks his mind. It's not the fact that he speaks his mind. It's about what he's saying because he has to feel it. Because if you're that comfortable with saying what you feel or saying that and letting certain words and things like that come out of your mouth or putting your money where your mouth is, that's the character of who you are. It's a part of you. I just heard a story that there's a chance that this man or Trump, the Trump family or Trump or whomever is going to donate money to Dylan Roof's family so that they can move him to a quote-unquote safer prison. Possibly going to move a supremacist who killed nine people in a hate crime to a different prison because you want this criminal safer? And this is who a lot of in people... Prison, like, you know, like, kill folks in a, in a religious location, like, you know, in a sanctuary for religion. You know? In a fucking church. But this, but this is people. Who, but this is who people want to vote for. There are not. A, I mean, yes, there are people that are holding him accountable. I'm not going to deny that. But, but there's way. This man is the Republican candidate for this upcoming presidency. If that doesn't tell you, if that alone, we can, we can talk about the economy. We can talk about healthcare. We can talk about food production. You know, we can talk about food production and access in certain lower socioeconomic status communities. We can talk about every other problem. In this country, police brutality, all that. The main one right now, in terms of just appearances, if if Donald Trump is the leading presidential candidate on the Republican side, and that doesn't tell you there's an issue with this country politically, or even with the quote unquote two party system that we have, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You're complacent. You you have you have officially become complacent with the way of living and things in this country, and that's and that might be fine for you, but it's not fine for me as a black man in this country. It's not fine for you know the Sandra uh, for 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 black women in this country, for women in this country, for poor people in this country, for disabled people in this country, for people in the LGBT community. It's not fine for certain subsects of uh, of people in this in this country. So we have to be accountable. We have to hold one another accountable we had to hold those who do us wrong accountable yes we can focus on the good and everything yes we know that there are good cops out there there are good individual cops who, who haven't brutalized people to our knowledge you know who give back to the community all this other stuff but, yet, but if they cannot protect us from the bad ones how good are they i mean you, you have good by morality then you have good by effect like say okay like say for example when i was serving in the military um I was, I was a military intelligence cat. Was my was my my morality is good? Absolutely. But was I good at my job? Yeah. So um, the cop's job is to protect and to serve the public. You know. You know. I mean, they're really good at doing the white public. Great. But are they good at protecting the totality of the public? 
Is it the case, truly, that all lives matter? It's not. So, with that being said, do I feel protected by cops, by these good cops? I don't. Now, with some of, like some of these cats, it's like, well, I understand that they don't have the power to make change in their in their institutions. I understand that, but the effect is still the effect. If someone crashes, most like you know, most times when someone or someone's in a car crash, they didn't mean to do it on purpose. So. You know, if someone crashes their car into my like T-bones being a, you know on a on a freeway, or whatever, or or on a road. I'm just, I, I my car still got hit. I might you know depending on how hard I got hit, I might be in the hospital, or might even die, or die on impact. You know, mm-hmm. so so it doesn't intent does not matter that much if you are ineffective. So if you're a good cop, it's all about I'll, I'll ask how effective are you as being good. You know, um, but we're, we're we're branching off a bit, and I will have to bring you back, Malcolm, to more so talk well, about we're, Trump we're, and stuff we're like branching, that. We're branching off, but it ties into the whole notion of accountability. Yeah, yeah it does, and that's why that's the re- the main reason why we have an issue with accountability with R. Kelly alone is because we have an issue of accountability in America as a whole. As a whole, yeah, that's as a whole. So, that's why, so that's why we are able to go on a tangent like that to get people thinking because that's what that's what we, we want you all to think. If we can't hold, if we're not holding the bad cops and the silent cops accountable on a national scale, on a systematic level, if we're not holding the one percenters accountable, if we're not holding molesters and rapists accountable and stuff like that, that's all inclusive of an issue in this country that needs to be stomped out. And it's obviously, and once again, it's not grown men doing it. It's not just grown men. Although the rates of rape and molestation, the perpetrators are majority men. It is. We could talk about the teacher who, uh, out of Texas, if I'm not mistaken, and she got pregnant by her student. She was having an inappropriate relationship with one of her students. I think it was a young Hispanic male. She got pregnant once uh, everything got found out. Now she's on the run. We don't know where she's at. Wow. How come I couldn't once, I like, could not slam any teachers when I was a kid? Bloody shame. I would have kept my mouth shut about it. Um But see, now and I know you're cracking a joke like low key, but like, but see, but that's another problem with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like we have the victim of it. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> like the the But the, and I see and I know you're trying trying to crack a joke, but I mean but let's talk about it. Yeah that any longer we, we shouldn't joke about that any longer yes he was a young yes he was a younger male and that's that's the double standard we have when it comes to young males in their interactions with teachers who are women versus everything it's still sick why a grown woman teacher why you gotta why are you messing with this child why are you messing with the with, with the 16 year old on down like why you can't you find you know what you know what like when i was in high school right there was one chick in uh laurel high school in laurel maryland her name was Tony Brown. She was like a, she was always like she was a dark skin, pretty little thing, and a lot of folks kind of just didn't really see her like that because she's mm-hmm. a bit chill and nerdy. She didn't really stand out like that. And uh, rule, man. yes, they do. And you know, um, I, I get back to Maryland and I'm talking, I'm trying to talk to her and stuff, and she's like messing with this grown ass man who works at fucking Funko Land. Now, for those who um, I know, this is a new generation. Like mad about here. That. 
Yeah, I was mad mad about that joint. <laughs> For folks who don't understand what Funko Land is, Funko Land was pretty much what GameStop is now. Funko Land was oh, the trailer. Okay. You like, you know, you you like past, you know, past your uh, used video games to and buy used video games. It was, it was GameStop before GameStop happened. You know, I don't know the logistics or the, the history of Funko Land versus GameStop. Maybe it became GameStop or got swallowed by another entity. It's business shit. I don't know. But, but you know, look at it this way. This motherfucker worked at fucking GameStop. And he was a grown-ass man. He's like 20-something years old. Messing with this chick who's like 17, 17 years old. Like, she, were, she was in 11th grade. So, what age you are in 11th grade, like, that, that is what... That is her age versus this 20-year-old man. And she was like all about, what well, I'm with a man, I'm with a man, I got a man, I got a man. Like, you know, and when she really like went berserk, you know, when she went, went into defense of what, what she was doing, like, I got a man, I got a man, you know? I'm sitting there thinking like, but what type of man is this dude if he can only pick up you? Not to say that you are not a stellar lady, you know, but you know, you're a stellar teenager, whatnot, but, Apparently, he can only pick up teenagers because the woman that is that is in his age group don't find him um don't do not they do not find him attractive or uh, they don't find him um, reasonable to keep or have. So why not look at things like that? How come this person, the folks in this person's age group, don't like that guy? Why does he have to look at a fucking teenage girl who don't even have a college education? Not even, not even, I mean, shit. Having finished their their basic education, which is pretty low budget, if you really look at, if you really begin reading books beyond high school, you know, so it just, that just really blew me though. And I always remember that too, because, you know, this is a grown ass man talking to a damn kid. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about that notion? Can we talk about the double standards? I have a little bit of time left. Yes. But can we talk about that notion of, of why, what aspect, what what part of society has women or have little girls, you know, because uh, people have said this and I, I've seen these comments before, but you know, well, girls have always gone after older guys or not, and maybe not always, I'm, I'm not, and I'm paraphrasing what I've just merely seen. Like, yeah, girls have always been interested in older men. But let's talk about what in society has allowed that, but more specifically, okay, girls can go for older guys, but why aren't some of these guys, or too many of these guys, from my taste, stopping these girls from coming at them? I'm gonna give you an example. Good question. I was a tour, I went to Prairie View A&M University. Go Panthers, love my, love my HBCU, my first HBCU. And I was a tour guide there for four years in the Office of Recruitment and Marketing, and I loved that experience. I didn't, I didn't get paid a dime, but it was the experience of working and showing pride in my school is what, what really pushed me through those uh, four and a half years of being at Prairie View. Now, I did tours for girls, or not just for girls, but for schools and stuff like that, for families, the whole nine yards. It was a blessing to do those. There were plenty of girls on those tours, whether they be high school or even middle school. Oh, you're cute. Da 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 da. Blah blah blah. Uh, let's go see your dorm room. Blah blah blah. Like, now it catches me off guard because I'm like, shouldn't you be interested in boys your age? Now, 
regardless of what society has taught them to do, I mean, which matters. So let me not say regardless. It does matter what society has taught them and taught them that, you know, go for the older guy and stuff like that. I knew better and I know better. I'm in college. I'm 21, 22, giving tour guides tours to it's 10, 11, 12, up to middle school or up to uh, high school. And there's these young ladies making these comments and I'm not entertaining them whatsoever. Why? Because it's wrong. And I'm quite frankly not attracted to that. Yeah. Age cap. But it's like, what in society has taught young girls or even young boys, because as you, you kind of it to and you know, yeah, what actually have this notion of wanting to go for the older person? But on the flip side, why haven't we checked the older people? You can't be with somebody that that's that, it's illegal by law. It is illegal, and quite frankly, it's it's, it's pretty sick. Yeah, it's and like 20, I mean, and when do I look like twenty one going on twenty two in college? I'm about to graduate, go off to my master's, pulling an R. Kelly, you know, getting with a fourteen year old just because she has breasts and a butt. Like that's no, that's that's no way. Like I, you know, I was sitting there thinking about. It. I'm like, uh, it's more a lot of. Wrong. I was looking at the, like the phys- like the physiology of it. I'm like, these bamas man sick because they don't even look like women. But some of these ladies out there probably like the girls. I guess maybe they can pass for women. But I think there's a like you know the lower you go, the less likely that that will occur. But maybe maybe around 16, 17, 18, you know, um, they'll look like women. But maybe. As, as a 20, if you're like between 18 years old and uh, 23, 24, maybe you can confuse a, uh, a 17, 16 year old. But where does that come But where does that but it's like, we don't talk. But once you're like, I'm in my 30s right now, I'm 35. So as a 35 year old cat, and R. Kelly's older than me, I, by that time, how can you confuse uh, a 17 year old girl? with someone who's 20 or even 30, like your, uh, like your subject matter of your life, your life experience is totally different, radically different than, than hers or theirs, whoever it may be. So how can you, like, if you're like, in your tw- I, I mean, in your twenties to the teens, I know there's like a, the generational thing is there's this slide, there's, there's this slide in where it kind of overlaps. But if you're like in your thirties or forties or fifties, whatever, there's no way in hell that you can um that you can like even relate to someone who is uh 18 years old. Now, I remember when I was a kid, and a lot of time, a lot of folks think that they're like all cerebral and all super intelligent and all this other good stuff. Like I'm so mature for my age and all this other good stuff. And honestly, uh, they're they're really not. Maybe for their age, but their nah. their maturity don't don't meet these these further up age brackets who I who identified with and uh you know ran through life as is you know just because you are a more mature 17 year old that does not mean that you can hang out you can hang with you can like bus shops and hang with someone who's 35 or, or 40 or 50 years old you know like there's there's still you are still mad young and like okay over well, my military experience military experience allowed me to be in like perpetual, perpetual, uh, you know, 
proximity with young folks because okay you know if you're in the military you'll move up in rank and some folks move fast some folks move, move slow but nonetheless these folks are aging you know while in service they're aging privates pretty much stay the same age because they're new in the military so the privates right. are like 18 years old 20, 20 some folks got college educated 24 23 things like that but they're always young they're always new because that's that's that position to be a private in the military that's or a lieutenant that's you're, you're new to the military um after a while you realize you can't really relate to these cats you know if you be in for a really long time sometimes you like have captains who are in charge of uh like uh, in charge of 30 to 120 folks and you're older than they are they make more money than you and they have more responsibility more responsibility and accountability than you you're like this is a young ass motherfucker man i can't relate to this cat you know so so there has to be this understanding where of um of this cultural understanding of the, the age difference the the experience difference just because someone who's uh who's mature for their age doesn't mean that they're mature to to you know bust chops with someone who's like way up there and i think that if a person's way up there like that that um they it tells you about their maturity too it's kind of like a a glass of water which this is not this is an alcoholic beverage but this water and you have you have water then you have ice we add ice to the water, the glass of water, the uh, the ice gets hotter and the water becomes cooler, right? So you reach this median, this thermal median. Um, now, uh, we we're we're talking about like the water. The water thinks that they're that they're cool. The water thing is always cool. But why don't we talk about how the ice gets hot? You know, um, if you are engaging this pedophilic pedophilic behavior as r kelly is this must also point to your maturity level so if these young teenage folks think that they're more mature than their than their average we must and perhaps they are i mean among their average perhaps they are let's give them that because i was more mature than for my age now we'll give them that let's talk about these pedophiles and shit and, and understand that they lack the maturity of the common man their age I mean, does that make sense? What do you think? I can agree with that notion. There's also the possible intersecting issue of mental health. I mean, maturity is one aspect of it. We could definitely argue that R. Kelly is an immature individual. Except what you're talking about. However, I'd also like to go with the notion of mental health. And it's like, has he truly been evaluated for that? Because it, it, it doesn't make sense to me how he can continue to do what he does. I mean, aside from the fact that rape culture allows it. But it doesn't make sense to me how he continues to do what he does and is continuing to do what he does right now. And he thinks he's not, it's not wrong. Yeah. Don't see anything so, wrong. He just doesn't. All right. One thing, one thing I want to bring up is the fact that um, before we began this podcast, um, Malcolm pointed out the fact that um, on the album, uh, Aaliyah's album, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, that there's R. Kelly in the background. And um, 
in photography, we call this the bokeh effect. The bokeh is that blur. Usually, and like basic human eyesight, you don't see this blur. You see things that you automatically focus on. But when you take a photograph with a camera, with a with a really good camera, the stuff in the backdrop will be blurry, and you can focus on that blurry stuff. You know, because your human eyes will will crisp will, will make the focus crisp. You won't see the person blurry if you look directly at them. But uh, with the ph photography, the bokeh effect, you see, you know, see a little blurry backdrop and you see whatever's there. Um, yeah, that's definitely R. Kelly in the background. I'm like, holy shit, I never noticed that. Age ain't up but in the number. You have uh, you know, Aaliyah in the foreground. She's like 14, 15 years old or whatnot. Yeah, yeah mad underage. R. Kelly in the background. R. Kelly, he uh, produced that whole album. And, you know, he's a great producer. Damn good, great music, musical producer. Um, he produced that whole album, and you have songs like "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number," and you have him in a backdrop like that. It seems like R. Kelly's been leaving. I mean, you know, this is for those who have seen this this movie called "The Interview." It uh, the movie "Interview" has this scene with Eminem being interviewed by one of the star characters in the movie. And Eminem, you know, he pretty much says he's gay, which is like absolutely hilarious for that movie. Um, and Eminem says, "Well, I just been leaving breadcrumbs for gayness, you know, my, you know, my entire life, you know." And the reason why I bring this up because that movie's funny, but also um, it seems like R. Kelly's been leaving breadcrumbs of pedophilia for now. Not this is not to equate the two, but. You know, um, on a serious note, he's been leaving breadcrumbs of pedophilia throughout his entire discography. To include maybe perhaps those he've uh, he have um, produced, like say Aaliyah, "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number." To to name your album or off of a song, that says a whole lot. You know, it's that that's or name your album off of a concept. It, it says a whole lot, and I know this because. I used to sound engineer, and as a um, as a person who sound engineers a hobby, you think of things like this. You fantasize and and just daydream about like, okay, so what my first album name will be, or whatever else. Like my joints was like Night Vision, and it was Night or like, like K N, you know, the the Night then Vision. Like that was that was like you know something you really thought about. You know, you like really pensive, and it's supposed to encompass not just not just the entire album, but an element of your identity. So for her to choose age ain't nothing but a number, it tells you a whole lot about this lady who uh, was a victim of, uh, of pedophilia. But more to the point, let's talk about some of R. Kelly's stuff, you know? Um, his first album was called Born Into, uh, Born Into the 90s, man. And yeah, Born Into the 90s. And it's like, you're sitting there, like, you know, back in the day, everybody had, like, the asymmetrical uh, Philly fades and, oh, you know, stuff like that. The the crazy cuts, the Mike Tyson crazy cut and their fades and shit like that. And the off colors and everything else. And you're, like, born into the 90s. Yeah, you know, amazing. But what if this band was talking about born into the 90s, literally? You know? Guy sounds like he's leaving breadcrumbs all over the place. Looking at looking at this album, Born Into the '90s. Okay, he has this song called "She's Got That Vibe," which was like pretty popular and shit. Like, was maybe he's talking about like uh, she's got that vibrant, you that jubilant, 
vibrant youthfulness or something. Uh, definition of a hottie. I don't remember that song. Um, I have to listen listen to it now to maybe maybe saying leaving breadcrumbs in there. I know what you need. Well, I guess you do as a grown ass adult. You know, <laughs> You're like I know what you need. Yeah, as as every predator um, has stated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the, but obviously, the, the the number one song that people like to reference, and I'm gonna reference it real quick. Try to get off the air. Ready. <laughs> now people can think like, you know, oh, like now, okay, back in the day, you can listen to that song and be like, oh yeah, he getting somebody in the mood, he getting her in the mood, all this other stuff, and it's like, but let, let, let's keep 100. Politically, or you know, from a conceptual standpoint, let's just keep 100. It seems like you're ready. Is that something you really gonna tell a grown woman after you had a good date and everything? You wine and dined or went to the park, whatever. You just treated a woman with so much class and care and stuff like that. You really gonna be like, well, it seems like you're ready. Like it's kind of known. Like if she's attracted to you and there's a good, you might, some might just pop off. And that's and that's perfectly fine. People want to have sex. Do you be out? Um, I've never. I don't recall saying that to grown women. But it sounds like you would say something to a child. Like, despite her age, you know, she got this, quote-unquote, she got these breasts and she's got this butt and everything else. Seems like you're ready. Um, I mean, once again, you could argue that. We're not saying that that is... I I don't know. But to listen to some of those song lyrics and to even just see some of the titles, like you said, these breadcrumbs. I mean, you can argue that. That, I mean, a couple... Let's go back to these albums and stuff like that in the relative time that they were in. Once again, he married a young, un- he married an underage Aaliyah. He was, mm-hmm. he produced the first album, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Uh, He's got he signed off on that title like as, a, as a main producer. Yeah, he said, Yeah, you can run with that. But, but that goes, once again, that goes back to my notion and the question that I asked earlier in this country of AJ nothing but a number when it's actually much more than the number that what we try to to make it be yeah yeah um it seems like you're ready that definitely sounds damn your body's calling uh, man this young man, this is, I'm just saying like you it, it, I like the crotch on you oh god I mean that, that sounds like it can be anywhere but like in the concept knowing what you know already it's just, damn, fuck. Uh, one drink that kind of like, kind of like gets on me though, is that that looks like some crazy breadcrumbs. Is that download song? Now, uh, I remember. I'm just saying. Why? I mean, now, people could argue that one because there were songs like Creep and stuff like that that it came out and. Uh, TLC creep. About to know, well, let's keep ourselves a secret. You know, let's keep this relationship a secret because, you know, I got a man, you got a woman, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, those type of songs, you know, that both that both men and women artists, male, yeah, that both men and women artists made. But once again, we are, well, like you said, breadcrumbs, we're talking about what we're talking about. I mean, he they, didn't he not call himself the Pie Piper? Oh, um, I heard about that Pie Piper thing, but, um, like I'm, you know a little bit more about Pied that. Piper. But who was the Pie Piper? Yeah, who was Pie Piper? 
crap you're 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 looking for me to uh answer that i forgot but um yeah i blanked out my bad it's okay i've been drinking i blank out all the time yes this guy um piper's guy if i'm correct piper's mythology is that he plays a little flute or whatever it may be and he like yanks these children up these children come on missing and uh i think if i'm correct there was this interview that r kelly was in and this guy mentioned that and r kelly was like wow i never thought of that i didn't i didn't know because r kelly's logic was i'm using, I'm using right. the flute a whole lot of my beats and shit. this is like back in uh like the new early new millennium early 2000s um yeah, early 2010s, well, early 2000s, uh, R. Kelly's using the flute a whole lot in a lot of songs. He called himself a Pied Piper R&B. Unwitting, unwittingly telling himself, you know, uh, unwittingly characterizing himself. Yeah, but download, oh man, seems like you're ready and download, that's like, shit, that's... Well, that with the Pied Piper and his long history, he there have been context clues all over the place. Mm. And we have to hold him accountable. We have to. Damn. Yes, we do. So, what? How do we? How do we? How do we uh, function with this? Do we just totally hate his music, or is it? Is there space to like, appreciate, or love his music while also criticizing him as he is, as he as he stands? What's your thoughts on that? I think I think I think that needs to fall on the in, an, an, an individual person. I'm not going to support his music because technically supporting his music supports him and I'm not going to support a pedophile. Yeah. It's my individual choice. If somebody else wants to be able to, and if they have a differentiate between what he did in his quote unquote personal time versus what he did when making music and work and stuff like that, then that's fine. But with the case of R. Kelly, you can't even argue that because as we just covered, Within his music, there might have been some things that were red flags. <laughs> I think it's a it, it's a case by case base. It, it depends on the person, uh, not case by case. Excuse me. It depends on the person. I think so. Um, if you want to support R. Kelly in his music, but condemn, but you feel like you can also condemn his behavior. Okay. It's, I'm just of the notion. I, I can't. I can't support a pedophile, or I can't support him. Because of his pedophilia, not because that was his past, but because it is arguably his, his present. Yeah. And because of that, he he continues to do this notion. So either he gets help or he goes to jail. But I'm not supporting him. Every time it comes on on, on my Pandora or the Xfinity uh, radio, whatever. Not Xfinity, excuse me. Uh, XM radio. All serious. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I change it. Cause it's just, I can't, just can't do it. Yeah, Mito, um, I, I, I do have a uh, level of um, separation because uh, the Step in the Name of Love remix is like my favorite R&B, uh, my favorite R. Kelly song of all time. My favorite R. Kelly song, period. So um, 
I don't allow, I don't let what he does uh, subtract from that. But at the same time, I'm not buying all of his albums. Um, I don't even remember if I even bought that damn song. You know, because music. I mean, music, in the information age, you can get stuff so so easily. You get shit for free. You pirate shit. So, anyway, uh, you know that one song. I still like. I still like the songs I like. But what I feel is this sense of betrayal. I feel. I feel that. Um, that. I don't make him out to be a hero. That's that's the thing about it. Like, you know, I may like his. I may like a song like here or there. But me liking a song here or there does not mean that I support the person. You know, um, there's many rappers falling into this category. You know, there's many rappers that that you know I didn't like their music when they first came out. I say Nelly, I didn't care for Nelly when he first came out in '99. But looking like being like like years down the line, I feel pretty nostalgic listening to his stuff, despite the fact that I don't give a fuck about the guy. So. Um, I know how to appreciate music without really caring for or, you know, or approving of the actual artists because well, music a lot of times almost like acting they, they put forth an act you know it's a show it's entertainment in itself it's it's a part of them but not exactly a part of them you know at the same time so there is definitely the separation um with me but like you said malcolm um this is a case-by-case basis and a lot, i do believe that a lot of people obfuscate the difference between enjoying music versus the person you know i can't say i i enjoy r kelly i enjoy the individual song some a lot of people out there they want to defend him because he makes good music and that's not that that, that should not be i mean shit what if adolf what if adolf hitler played a mean fiddle you know what i mean like oh man i don't support the person but he makes great I wonder music. If he did play an instrument this on some random stuff i wonder if he did play an instrument <laughs> I know, I mean, right? but that doesn't I mean yeah but you're talented in one area doesn't mean you're not sick in another. yeah like what if donald trump played a mean fiddle what if, what if donald trump played the saxophone you know matter of fact he's playing a mean fiddle because he's playing the hell out of people right now <laughs> yeah, but like an example, like say with Bill Clinton's, or like, oh, he plays the saxophone. Is that like, you know, reason to really like the Clintons and shit? No, give them like a blackness grant? No, it's, it's just, yeah, and that's another topic in itself. The shit. Yeah, um, know that. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Um, sorry, I had to say that. No, nah, but you should you should have seen like one of the other podcast, like one of the other episodes. I had a previously on Soul Brother number one of a kind, and like I put the you know, oh, this is good shit. Anyway, and the music too. I, I love the music I select. That uh, it's 1970 shit. But yeah, um, there's definitely a separation there, and I think that people need to really learn that. Like say, it's only possible to criticize someone and like their music at the same time and just compartmentalize it. We're not talking about his music. We're talking about his behavior beyond the microphone, beyond the microphone booth. And that's very important. Well, here's the thing. And I see and I see what you're saying. And people, if once again, it is about choice. So you want to choose to separate in terms of the case of R. Kelly, that's on you. It's hard for me to separate. It's hard for me to separate the man and the music when the man felt like he was his music. And within his music, he was talking about what he was potentially doing as a man. That's true. So due to the fact that they arguably intersect, I can't separate that. You could, okay. I brought up, I brought up Kobe Bryant before, yeah. right? 
Now, we can just, I can, now, because he has, because nothing's popped up again, we can argue that, you know, he hasn't done anything ever since that scandal in Denver. Now, if he has, that's on his soul. Let him and his wife take care of that. I can forgive Kobe of his past, arguably, and not have to call him out on his past anymore. I'm bringing it up today, for example, but I don't have to call him out about it. He's not making it. It's not recurring. It's not reoccurring. It's it's arguably, to our knowledge, stayed in the past. We can argue that it was a mistake he made. Like, he made a mistake somewhere. His heart wasn't really in it when it it took place. Intentional mistake. He cheated. Intentional mistake. He cheated. He slept around, and he intended on that. He intended on her trying to claim rape or whatever. And I can't remember if they found... I mean, they didn't find him guilty of it. I think her stories were conflicting. So, but once again, conceptually... I can Kobe, as the man from Kobe as the athlete, because he's not currently doing what he did in his past. If we're talking about that particular situation, with R. Kelly, he's still currently doing it. So I'm not going to separate the man. I'm not going to separate the man from the music when, with once again, within his music, he's possibly describing how he is as a man. Like you said, breadcrumbs. Yeah. So why support that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I do not support. <laughs> Yeah, me I see what you're saying. You don't support the man. But if you're supporting, once again, if you're supporting the music. No, but it's not supporting music. It's just that, I'm, like, I like one song. No, and I don't have to buy the song in the- itself. Uh, Step in the Name Love, the remix of that joint. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I like that one song. And uh, and it's very as 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 this nostalgia. Anybody that doesn't like that. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um, I don't support the guy at all, but I like that one song. I'm I'm not going to dislike music, you know, because of. I mean, I it's it's hard to do because music hits the soul a certain way. Now, when it comes to certain songs, if you are like looking at what I did, like that analysis I did, where I'm looking at these songs and stuff like that, and like I say, it like, seems like you're ready. It's a good song. Like from an objective standpoint, it's a good song. But based on the breadcrumbs that I associated with, you know, the way, way I associate that song now, I can't appreciate that song the same way I appreciate Step in the Name of Love or any other thing, because I'm looking at it I'll like, wow, like, like, wow, this guy was, it's different, or she's got that vibe. I, I can't really, I can't the song the same way anymore. So it's, it's a whole lot different. Yeah, I can't call myself an R. Kelly fan, you know, but um, but at the same time, I can't just, you know, trash every song you make. Yeah, I just, and that, there's, there's, there's this medium. I think that that's what I'm looking at. Like, uh, but I seek the point, like I guess most podcasts I put out, I put out, you know, I'm looking at the complexities of things, and that's a compl- that's a very complex thing. Uh, one of the things you brought up was judgment, and uh, before we end this, I want to add the fact that judgment is a human thing. To sit there and say, "Well, I don't judge people," I'll say that one is lying, you know, because you're judging people when you when you judge someone to be correct or right or or something that you like. Hey, nice shoes or nice nice tie, nice hat, you know, or or you know, that was pretty cool what you did. That's still judgment. So when people say, well, I don't judge people, well, they're talking about like negative judgment. 
but they said they don't judge. Everybody judges. So that in itself, people to say for people to say that they need to quit doing that because they're lying. Judgment is okay. You have a uh, in regards to you know humanity or life. You have sapience and sentience. You know sentience. Uh, sentient be sentient is be self aware. But to be say sapient will be means to uh, be, have the ability to judge, be able to engage in self judgment, and that's hence the term Homo sapiens, which is our human freaking Latin, you know, you know, animal class. So we judge by nature. I mean, judgment is uh, very is the most human humanist of traits. Anybody says they don't judge, they're lying. They just want to hurt. They don't want to hurt folks' feelings. That's that's where they're at. And that's, but that goes back to how we can hold people accountable. We can judge one another in terms of accountability by making sure that we're doing the right things, all the while judging the good things that we do. I want to be held accountable. If it's my feelings, then more than likely you're probably telling the truth about me. But there is also a way you go about doing it. Don't just if you and it that also depends on your relationships with certain people. If you feel like you could charge somebody up with maybe a cuss word or two. If you feel like you have to, I mean people use the word coddle. I mean, if you want to take it easy on somebody, that's fine. Day it is about accountability. So Acknowledge the good, hold them accountable for the bad, go from there. Yeah. Because we will see improvements in terms of situations in this country. And we will continue to be able to grow unity if, as a country first, we hold for the evils that happen in this country. Also give kudos from time to time for the good go from there I agree well that being said I'm about to end this podcast and stuff so uh, I think what we, state, what we stated sent, or, or they kind of serve as last words for this podcast uh, but just in case I'm, I'm wrong do you have any last things to add uh, Malcolm uh, I will say to the men because I'm, I can hold men accountable. Think about who you support and how you're supporting them. If you still support R. Kelly, look how that looks to your your relatives, especially the relatives who are women. The rates of molestation are too high for my taste, and for all you know, you've had family members who have been raped or molested. So when you support the likes of R. Kelly, look at how that looks about your character. It's about growth. And then, especially to those black men out there and the ones who don't have daughters or even the ones that do have daughters, I mean, look, look, at, who, look at what you're supporting. Not, in, you know what, I'll tell you, in, not just look at who you're supporting, but look at what you're supporting. You're not just supporting R. Kelly when you deflect from what he's done in terms of rape and molestation. 
Julia that he's perpetuated since, <laughs> if not right around the time of Aaliyah, but right before her. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those who uh, who are listening, uh, don't just think that when you see someone who's happy, whatever else, uh, like a teenage girl, teenage boy, they're happy and everything else. And that's all that matters. No, they don't really know. They don't really understand the gravity of the situation at hand. And uh, we have to actually consider that variable. Um, that's all I have to say. I think uh, we covered a whole lot of ground and stuff like that. So for those who have been watching, who, uh, who love the uh, love listening to the uh, the vicious abolitionists and the badass Redbeard, um, it will, we gotta change that nickname. With Redbeard or what? That makes you sound like a black pirate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so. Iowan pirate. What the hell? Like, come on, man. No. Yeah, but um. Uh, yeah, the uh, those who enjoy this podcast, um, just know the fact that you can uh, call or text to this podcast. Um, leave a voice message at uh, 202-854-1996. That is 202-854-1996. And I will um, air, that, uh, air that message next podcast. Anyway, um, God bless out there. God bless... Um, Know, the son of corn games and we hope that r kelly it's not I, don't, I i have my doubts i have my doubts but we hope that uh we we as a, the community fix ourselves in regards to who we support and on that note say peace all right yeah everybody have a blessed one